गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय ऐसी भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी प्रभात की जय रक्षक सीधा देव गोस्वामी महाराज की जय ग्रंथराज श्रीमद भागवत की जय बोल भक्तवृंद की जय हो प्रेम आनंद रेमेडी फॉर सच In the context of his description of his life, life in which he formally took to the discipline of bhakti, we are hearing how the various he progressed through the various stages. Tonight's verse: Tasmim sada labdu chair mahat. महामते प्रियाश्रवस्यासमायाश्यूनसाइटेस्टर्सनालिटी Of the Lord was unflinching, and as my taste developed, I could realize that it was only in my ignorance that I had accepted the gross and subtle coverings. For both the Lord and I are transcendental. So, in the previous verse, Nard uh, described himself in such a way that we could understand that he had arrived at asakti and bhava. So we spoke a little bit about asakti, and The attainment um, of rati or bhava that was mentioned in the previous uh, verse, the uh, words for which apparently either appear differently in, in different manuscripts, or they uh, change a little bit with the bhava of the commentators. Uh, Mamabhavad Ruchi, but Ruchi was described as a stage previously, and the word was used in the text that uh, preceded our, our text from the last discourse. Ruchi is mentioned in, as I just cited, the verse that we discussed last night or the night before, as well. But there it refers. To Baba, so sometimes it is rendered as Rati. Rati, Rati is a synonym for for Baba. And Rati, of course, we should understand these stages. That it's not that that you attain a stage and then go on to the next stage. What's ever gained from the previous stage is now lost. In one sense, this development from Shraddha to Rati and Prem is. A development of shraddha, for that matter, a thickening and condensing of shraddha. Shraddha means faith, and faith is to be differentiated from belief. Bhaktivinodaka reasoned that belief was a mental affair and a mental and intellectual affair, and uh, faith, the word shraddha, implied uh, experience. Faith, a Removal of doubt. In the Gita, Krishna says, "What about faith?" He says, "Shraddhayam, shraddhayam purusho mayo, shraddhamayo, ayam purushaha, shraddhamayo, ayam purushaha." The person is their faith, and that's very practical. Hmm? Shri Maharaj liked uh, he coined a phrase that suspicion leads to suspension. So, very pragmatic. Um, we can see that that's the case. That if we don't have faith, we can't go forward in any sphere. If we have some doubt that the plane is going to go where we want to go, we might not be so comfortable getting on it. So, faith is really 
It's a beautiful idea from the Gita that which animates life without it to the extent that we're lacking in it in any sphere and our, our, we are in kind of a suspended animation. Hmm? And intellect is also the function of doubting, of questioning. The famous René Descartes, many centuries ago in Europe, gave a big springboard to Western philosophy when he said, cogito ergo sum. It could be rendered, I doubt, therefore I am. There's a doubter in there. But doubting, it's a healthy thing in a sense. We, we question, we doubt, we examine with intellect and so on and so forth. Faith is, in a sense, going beyond the intellect. We hope and look to seek, we seek to, to find that our experience will be confirmed by good reason, and so on. Hmm? But faith, really, in Vaishnava terms, means, as Pujapatridamars like to say, there, is our pla- there are planets of faith, hmm? and there are planets of doubt, no doubt. Hmm? We should be, have faith in that, <laughs> that's our experience. Hmm? We live in a realm of doubt. Hmm? And to that extent, to that measure, we are suspended in our animation in, in, in relation to the possibilities of the self. Something like the possibilities of ice compared to the possibilities of water. Hmm? Here we have water and we have light. Well, all the light here is coming from the water. If it were ice, it would be a little more difficult. Hmm. So, <clears throat> our present animation, our life, movement is in somewhat of a suspended state comparatively. Hmm. Now we're a witness at best, and for the most part, we're not uh, even aware that we're a witness. We've misconstrued ourselves to be the movements of material nature, and so on and so forth. So wake up to that and then to the life of the self this is enter the planets of faith if you will the world of faith so we want to speak about it in this way in, in, in such that we get the, the sense that faith is a tangible reality because it's often talked about as a belief and a departure from reason hmm. oh if you can't reason and you say oh I have faith then okay well who cares for you then something hmm. like that but we're talking about a transrational experience which includes within it the, the profound sense as to the limitations of reason unto itself as well. So it picks up where reasoning leaves off. It is said that love knows no reason. Yeah, so if we want love and divine love, it should be well-reasoned, but nonetheless it leaves reason in the dust. We should reason that it, should be, that it, that it is possible and it should be pursued and so forth, and as to, and and also we should reason as to the limits of itself of, of reason. So faith, divine faith, Krishna says in Bhagavatam that there is faith in the different modes of nature, faith in Rajas, faith in Thomas, faith in the Sattvas, faith in Shastra, and faith in me. He said, is transcendental. So the bearer of this, then, through Sadhusanga, we get that kind of faith. It's contagious. And these stages of bhakti that we're talking about that are really encapsulated here in the life, early life of Nard um, are, in a sense, though we give them distinct names, Shraddha, Bhajanakriya, especially when we get to the upper stages, Ruchi, Asakti, Bhava, they are, in a sense, developments of faith. And each one is included in the other example may be given of how in 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 sound there is or in either there is sound and in air there is sound and touch and in fire there's sound touch and sight and in water there's sound touch sight and taste and in earth there's sound touch taste and this one sound touch taste sight and smell. Hmm. So they're all. It's not that we go from 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 ether to air. 
sound drops off and it comes with us. Hmm. So all these stages, whatever is in ruchi is in asakti and something more. Whatever is in asakti is in bhava and something more. So to, so to say that in, in one sense we find the acharyas have used rati and ruchi synonymously. For example, I mentioned the other night Krishna's Kaviraj and Chaitanya Charitamrita describing Ragbhakti says Ragbhakti is Ajatarati or Jatarati Raganuga Bhakti. Raganuga Bhakti is to follow those inhabitants of Vrindavan. That's what we do. Hmm. However, ineptly, hmm, this is what our practice is, is really about. And we can do it with Rati or without Rati. Without Rati is by way of attaching ourselves to someone who has such um, attachment and so forth. Um, but in Preeti Sandarbha, or in Bhakti Sandarbha of Jiva Goswami, he used the term Ajatarati, excuse me, Ajataruchi, Ajataruchi. So there's some scope for using these two terms um, as synonymous in different contexts. So, uh, last night's verse, the term Ruchi is mentioned, it's mentioned here also, but here in reference to Rati, or Bhava. Hmm? And, as I said, we talked about Asakti, the stage after the formal stage of Ruchi, where there is attachment to Bhakti, and in Asakti, attachment to the object of Bhakti. Now we graduate from Sadhana Bhakti, we come to Bhava Bhakti. And what does Narada say? He says that my... My taste for the Lord was unflinching, so it was not interrupted, it was steady, it was not flickering. In the beginning we get some taste, but it's not reliable. Hmm? Because of the taste, we go on. It can carry A little taste can carry us for a long way. Hmm? At a certain point, it will become reliable. That's like the formal stage of, of Ruchi. And so, much more so, of course, in, uh, in a stage of Rati, or Bhava. And... Um, while his taste was ongoing and um, uninterrupted, hmm, unimpeded, askhalitamati, hmm, uh, he had uh, uninterrupted attention. The idea of this, uh, I should say, is that uh, there is a practice of bringing the mind back, bringing the mind back and fixing it on the object of our uh, affection, Krishna the mantra and the name and, and so on and so forth. But here in, in Bhava Bhakti, there's no practice for that. Hmm? The mind is automatically going there. Hmm? Automatically it's going, it sees things in relation to that. Hmm? And this is our practical experience with whatever it is we might be absorbed in. Hmm? You know, if a person is absorbed in, in sex, then he, he all he's got everything is a sex joke. Everything he sees in, rela- in relation to, to that. So, to give a crude example, hmm, it's something like this. But the mind is truly absorbed here, and more so, for that matter, than, than, than one could be absorbed in anything mundane, for that matter. Um, anything that we're absorbed in mundane anything mundane that a mind is absorbed, our mind is absorbed in has its limitations in terms of its capacity to absorb our minds and our, our and ourselves. But here, the object of love is Krishna. So, it doesn't suffer in the same way. You can imagine then the extent to which the mind absorbed in in, in bhava, in, in the object of love, is truly absorbed. Indeed, the idea is given by Rupa Goswami when he says, Ruchi bis chitta mashrinya, when he describes bhava bhakti. Hmm? He says that certain tastes come over the mind, the chitta, and really it becomes, it, 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 this, this, we, we, in our mental absorption, we have materialist speaking, we have different objects that we're attached to, and these reflect in the mind and they cause rittis, as we've discussed before, like waves in the ocean of the mind. Hmm? In the Yoga Sutra, they want, in the Yoga Discipline, in the Gyanis also, they want to chitta-vritti niroda, stop these waves and make the mind like a placid pool, calm, peaceful, and so forth. 
this is a different, different idea hmm, in bhakti. The bhakti vritti comes on the mind. Hmm, and the waves start again. Hmm, but these are a different kind of waves. I've said before that everyone is seeking love and they can't rest until they find it. But what happens when they find it? Do they rest? No. Actually, another kind of movement starts. Hmm? There's a certain type of movement out of emptiness that comes in pursuit of love, a companion. Then you get the companion. There's a moment of respite, a moment of, of, I've arrived, and then it starts, it's its own circle, its own circle of movement. This is similar to the idea of Leela and Bhakti. Whereas we're moving in relation to material objects, and it's very uh, frustrating, we're looking for something enduring, whether we realize it or not, uh, we are an enduring unit of consciousness. And so, nothing's enduring, so it's like musical chairs, you know, you're out. There's only so many chairs left here. Uh, so, so when we, when we come to, um, stop such movement in relation to non-enduring things, there's a kind of a peacefulness then. The mind is blank, if you will, and that's a great relief compared to what was on it and the burden that it was causing, the depression that resulted from that. And in bhakti we arrive at that and more, and so there is a whole other life then. There's a whole other animation. Hmm? Shankar would reason, well, if you are happy, if you're full, why move? Any movement, any desire, is an indication of a lack of fulfillment. But Mahaprabhu would say, well, there's some truth to that, yes. But there's another kind of movement also that comes out of fullness. When you're really full, then you've got to dance, celebrate. So Leela is something like this. It's a kind of movement. It's very similar to karma. That's why bhakti and the Vaishnava are said to be difficult to understand. Bhakti is 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 super religious. Krishna says in the Gita what? Rajabhijaradukuyam Pavitram Idam Uttamam Pratyakshavagamam Dhamam Susukam Kartamodam Dharmyam. It's very interesting. He's talking about knowledge. Rajavidya. He said it is says it is Dharmyam. It is dharmic. But really, knowledge transcends dharma, therefore. Even the, the, the Mayavad interpretation of the conclusion of the Gita, sarva dharman pratyaja, mami kam sharanam braja, they say, take sannyas, give up all dharma. Hmm? Forgoing the dharma, transcending the dharma. So to juxtaposition these two together is rather curious. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, people, the, the original inquiry into the sacred text is a dharmic one. Atato dharma jignasu. Now is the time to inquire about dharma. Prabhupada used to say, human life is the time to inquire about religion. The, the, the uta, the purva mimamsa of the, of, of, of the, the sacred texts is an inquiry into religion. The uttar mimamsa is the Vedanta where it says atato Brahma Jignasas. Having inquired about religion, now is the time to inquire into Brahman. Having been a religious person and developed faith in the Shastras and so on and so forth, you develop some adhikar, some eligibility to look deeper into the Shastras, what it's what it's about, what its conclusion is. And it's not just to be a religious person, the best of the humans in a sense, but to transcend our, the limitations of our humanity, so to inquire into Brahman. Hmm? This is the idea. So the two don't go together in a sense. Dharma kind of leads to to jnana, and the whole idea of the jnani, who's a, who's a, who's a knowledgeable person, is he has no dharmic obligations anymore. So he's not worried about all the different rituals and making sure he faces the right direction, this, that, and the other thing. He's transcended the dharma. Hmm? But the Gita, when Krishna is speaking about the highest knowledge, he says it's dharmic. He doesn't say that. He doesn't mean to say that dharma 
leads to bhakti, because of course in that chapter we find in that chapter bhakti is the highest knowledge. He's saying that this knowledge is 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 super religious. It's 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 a uh, it's um, oh, Dharma implies some kind of activity, a duty, a responsibility. Hmm? In Gyan, what's the responsibility? They're all given up. Hmm? Just sit. Hmm. You realize I can't have everything, so I'm just going to sit here <laughs> and do nothing. But in 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 Bhakti. The idea is, no, there is a duty, there is a responsibility. Jivyev surupoi krishna nityadasa. There is a function of the diva in relation to the center. So, it's uh, it's a supra-religious idea. So there's activity in bhakti, and this activity on the part of the bhakta looks, in many respects, like uh, religious life, or worse, in some mm. cases. Almost... I mean, the gopis are the prime example. They look like they're they're breaking the dharma. Mm-hmm. They're going beneath the dharma. Mm-hmm. The words, in other words, the bhakta is inter, interrelating with the world mm-hmm. in a way that a karmi or a, or a, a, a person on the dharma mark, same idea is. Mm-hmm. But his motive or her motive is entirely different, and that's difficult to trace out. So it's hard to understand the motive of the Vaishnava. Mm-hmm. The life of the Vaishnava. The jnani, the yogi, well, he sits in a cave, he meditates and so forth, and you go, well, he's obviously must be spiritual. He has nothing to do with the world. Here's this other person fully involved with the world, with sense objects, thoughts, they're printing books, like Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati and going to the market and everything. You see? So there's a kind of, it's movement, it's very, it looks the same. Leela looks like karma. We can understand Leela by understanding karma in a sense. Karma is action that is obligatory. Why is it obligatory? Because what you've sown, you're reaping. In the form of the reaction. The reaction is propelling you into further movement. So that famous bumper sticker, I owe, I owe, so off to work, I go. Karma is obligatory work, and Leela is movement that's not obligatory. It's free. Hmm? It's not the movement out of a necessity, and a, and a perceived necessity, an emptiness. When I repose myself in matter, I, I come up empty. Hmm? So, there's nothing there. There's not, it has nothing to do with me. Hmm? It's, it's entirely of another, categorically different from me, and I'm trying to mix with it. Hmm? It's not working, so there's a kind of a, an emptiness that pervades, hmm? an angst. This is what these existentialists would have done well to understand, <laughs> the, the angst of life. Hmm? So, hmm. when I exercise myself then in relation to Brahman, to the Absolute, to Bhagavan, then of a like nature. I'm of the nature of consciousness. God is of the nature of consciousness. We say sometimes, what in this world most resembles God, if anything? The answer would be us. Because we're consciousness. God is consciousness. That's how the Upanishads begin the lesson 101 on, on, uh, on Brahma Jignasu. Therefore, it seems to say, you're God, you're God. You're God. The only thing in this world that really resembles God is consciousness. Matter is very different. All the forms of matter here today and gone tomorrow. Hmm? Of course, that's just the beginning. Now, there's more to the story. You're God and you're not God at the same time. Of course, it goes on and builds. And with that building, of course, comes the possibility of movement again. Not movement in relation to temporary things. It's frustrating. Movement in relation to the eternal object who's everywhere but moving. This is bit of it. Krishna is everywhere. The very form of Krishna is all-pervasive. This was taught in the Dhamadar Leela. Krishna wasn't getting fatter and fatter with the more and more rope that Mother Yashoda brought. He was appearing medium size, but he was all-pervasive. 
this is hard to grasp, that the form of Krishna is all-pervasive. Of course, he showed it to Arjuna. He showed it to Yashoda when, when, when she looked inside of his mouth for the dirt that he'd eaten. He, she found her whole, the whole world and herself inside there, looking inside his mouth. And again and again, ad infinitum. So, so there's uh, there's another kind of movement. This is Leela. Again, there may be movement out of necessity, out of emptiness, but there may also be movement out of fullness. Krishna is everywhere, but he's moving. How can you be everywhere and move? Think about it. If you're everywhere at the same time, how can you move to one from one place to another? This is Beda Bed. And this makes for a doctrine of love and the possibility of movement or differentiation within unity. This is the most important thing to understand, this is the Chinti Beda Beda doctrine. It's coming out here, of course, in the, in the, in, in the texts. And so, he says that uh, he had a kind of a, uh, absorption that was a spontaneous, natural. We, we, we train our mind in yoga, in bhakti discipline, to try to think of Krishna. It reaches a point where the bhakti takes over the mind. Our example here in a high sense, is the gopis in comparison to yogis. Yogis are always trying to fix their mind on Krishna if they really know yoga. And the gopis, so what are they trying to do? They're trying to get their minds off of Krishna. They're trying to forget about him. He appears to have forgotten about them. Hmm? Why are we wasting our time thinking about him? He's not coming back. And they're trying forcefully to get him off their mind. So this kind of example is there to teach us. What is the power of bhakti? What is the power of love? Hmm? Other powers in comparison are, are um, insignificant. I told the story before of a fellow I was uh, speaking to, a young fellow, he had dreadlocks, and I was speaking to him about bhakti, and at a certain point he said, you know, I think I might like to join you. And I said, and you're welcome to, to do that. Yeah, that's what we're, we're here for. And he said, I have one apprehension. I said, well, what's that? He said, well, I'd have to cut off my hair because the monastics, they, in our tradition, they shave their head and so forth. And I said, yeah, well, <laughs> that's going to hold you back from all we're talking about? He said, but all of my power is in my hair. Now, it's possible to have power in your hair. I doubt that he did, but it's possible the story of Vibhishana in, uh, in Bhaktivinoda's life is, a, is an example. This fellow was an imitation Vishnu. And he, was, and he had a fellow who was an imitation Brahma and Shiva, his comrades, his left and right arm. And in the village, he was sending Brahma and Shiva to get the wives of the village husbands and send them to him for rasa. And so there were some complaints about this, but there was some reservation also about, about it because this fellow was powerful. The Bhaktivinoda Thakura was not going to be intimidated by his, his power, and so he went and said, we're going to arrest this man for imitating Vishnu. Only in India can you do that. They demand a court for imitating God. Hmm? So off they went, of course, and pe- people advised the Thakura that you know, he, he, he's Vishnu, he's Vishnu, you can't go against him. You know, you're going to be uh, bringing about your ruination. Bhakti Vinod knew the Siddhanta. Hmm? So he went fearlessly, and the man, the yogi came, and he, from his head he went, threw down fire in the path of Bhakti Vinod and, you know, and the vigilantes or whatever, you know, the policemen that he rounded up, the constables. And they went back, but Bhakti Vinod stood his ground, and they went forward. And at uh, great uh, risk, they, they arrested him, they, they apprehended him, brought him to jail, was put on trial, hmm? seven-day trial, a ten-day trial, something like that. And as the trial went on, 
Bhakti Vinod's youngest son became sick with a fever. The next day, the second son became sick with a fever. Third day, the son became sick with a fever. Then the wife became sick with a fever. The heart proceedings went on, and people were saying, You've got to stop, you've got to stop. The last day, Bhakti Vinod Thakur came down with a fever. He came in, all the evidence was in, he weighed down and slammed the hammer, guilty. Hmm? Put him in jail. Then they cut off his hair in the jail. And then he collapsed. Like this. And the fever all went away. Hmm? So he had some power <laughs> in his hair, but there was nothing compared to the power of Bhakti Vinod. Hmm? <laughs> and Bhakti Vinod, to go back to what we were talking about earlier briefly, he was just a, like, looked like a religious magistrate <laughs> in the British government. Not a Vishnu, throwing fire from his hair and so forth. It's difficult to understand what is the position of Bhakti Vinod, what is the position of the Vaishnav. But it came out to some extent. Later the guy hang, hanged himself in jail. I think Vishnu, Shiva and Brahma were arrested as well. Hmm. Uh, so, anyway, this guy said, but I have all my powers in my hair. I said, you see, what we're teaching here is not about getting power, but serving the one who actually has power. Hmm? He has long hair. Keshava, that is his name. He has beautiful hair cascading down onto his, his shoulders. You don't need any. <laughs> He's got a lot of power in his hair. <laughs> so, so, so bhakti, bhakti, this is, this is the swarup shakti of Bhagawan. Hmm? This is the power that moves Bhagawan. What is the power that makes he who is everywhere move? That's impossible. How can someone who is everywhere at the same time move from one place to another? The answer is by swarup shakti. The answer is by Radha's influence. Hmm? Brahman is turned into Bhagwan, Sri Krishna, Swayam Bhagwan, by the frame of Radha. It's not something that happens in time, but the two are one and different at the same time. The love that Radha personifies is one with Krishna. He corresponds with that love. Our goal is love of Krishna, not Krishna, because you will find Krishna in love of Krishna. If someone asks you, have you seen Krishna, what will you say? You say, I don't know, I wasn't looking. I was looking for service to Krishna. Hmm? Do you have any? Then get out of my way. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> so that's where he will be found. Love of Krishna and Krishna, they correspond. Sometimes people ask, if God created the universe, who created God? Gotcha. Right? Of course, the answer is, in one sense, we know the universe is, has a beginning, so we have to posit an origin to the universe, but we don't teach that God has a beginning, so your question doesn't really make any sense. But beyond that, we say, but if you really still want an answer that's, that doesn't satisfy you, we say that God is Krishna, and, and where did Krishna come from? From Radha. Where does Radha come from? From Krishna. These two, these two. One is a, you can't have one without the other. Each causes the other in a sense. So, what is the power then of the Sarup Shakti? Hmm? She's the Shakti, the fountainhead of all Shaktis. Hmm? The power of the Sarup Shakti to to cause he who is everywhere to move. That is called Leela. Hmm? Difficult to understand, but it's a kind of movement that parallels in many respects the movement under the influence of karma, but the motivating factor is what is different. Hmm? So this is the whole idea of bhakti. You don't have to change anything. Just, you know, if you could just jack up the building and take out the old foundation, put in a different one. There you go. And you have the same building. You don't have to take the building down. Hmm? Everything. All the movement we're doing, building roads, raising the money, everything. Hmm? 
all this movement, all for Bhagavan, all for Dasi Gopal. So, there's a point where we're doing this philosophically, we know we should. Some taste sometimes comes, sometimes it doesn't. We have questions and so forth. Nard's position here in Bhava Bhakti is different. His, his mind is described here, Askalita Matirmama. He has a sense of, um, of mine. Hmm? He has a sense of minus that's developing. Praying is characterized by this minus. But here he says, my mind huh, was naturally drawn. Hmm? I couldn't draw it away. Hmm? You can draw your mind away from material objects. But when bhakti takes over the mind, there's no question of drawing it away. That which was an instrument through which the self would translate itself and communicate, so to speak, with matter, hmm? the mind, the chitta, has been completely spiritualized. Like Prabhupada would say, a gold box, gold-plated box. Hmm? Mahaprabhu teaches in, in Chaitanya Charitamrita to Sanatana Goswami, Sanatana Prabhu came to Puri and he had contacted some uh, impure water in the Jaritanda. And as a result of that, he had some open sores on his body. And he thought, if I come to Puri, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will be there. I'm going there for his darshan, but he may embrace me because in the past he embraced me when he met me at Banaras. Look at the condition of my body and I can't bear the thought that Mahaprabhu will touch me and have these sores on my body and so forth. So I'm going to throw myself under the rock, the upper cart, in Puri, kind of Vaishnava suicide. Mahaprabhu, in his omniscience, came there and stopped him and said, I have many things I plan to do for your body. That's not yours. And he said, You should know, Dikshakali. At the time of Diksha, what is it? Dikshakali? Bhaktivarya Samarpam. At the time of initiation, when a devotee does Atma Samarpana, surrenders to me, he gets a Chidanandamoy. His body becomes Chidanandamoy, full of Chidananda. Curious idea. One important thing here is this. At the time of an initiation, when one does Atma Samarpan, it means that Diksha, Diksha Kali, Kali means time, at the time of Diksha, the time of Diksha is, is ex- extended beyond the actual moment of Diksha. Diksha comes under the jurisdiction of Sambandha Gyan. Hmm? So it's the knowledge of joining, hmm? yeah, how things are joined together and your joining with Krishna. This Sambandha Gyan is theoretical uh, to a point, but in Bhavabhakti it becomes fully realized. That's why we say in Bhavabhakti, like Nard's Bhavabhakti, the Bhakti is fully informed. The person that you're serving has become a real person in your life, no longer a theological, theoretical person. He is doing Leela Seva. When he does his japa, sometimes he enters into the lila. He sees himself in a particular form that corresponds with his object of love, and he renders some service. He comes out, goes back in, he comes back out. Ultimately, he enters there. He doesn't come back out. This is the sadhana of the Bhava Bhakti. Hmm? So Narada Muni, at the same time that internally he's experiencing his siddha-deha, what he describes here is his sadaka-deha, which is what Mahaprabhu refers to. At the time of initiation, when the initiation is complete, means when the sambandha-gyan is complete. means... When the Sambandha Gyan is complete, it means, I realize, I am the friend of Krishna. I am the lover of Krishna. This is called Stai Bhav. This is budding as, as Bhava Bhakti manifests. 
This is that Sudasattva Visheshatma that Rupa Goswami talks about. This particular Vishesh of the Sudasattva, a particular combination of that Surup Shakti, a particular kind of Samvit, a particular kind of Ladini that has a corresponding object. Samvit, the Ladini be a little different for a Saka, a little different for a for a Saki, and so forth. Hmm? So at the same time, this internal body is is developing internal ego and so forth. The sadhaka daya now has been completely absorbed in bhakti. So that's why he says at the time of initiation, atma samarpam, when the self surrenders. So we might get initiation tomorrow, but we still have to grow. That that shraddha and shraddha corresponds with what? What does Shraddha correspond with? Sharanagati. Hmm? Shraddha and Sharanagati. Sharanagati is, is demonstrating the, the measure of the Shraddha. Hmm? If Shraddha is the eligibility for Bhakti, what does Krishna say in the Gita? Sarva Dharman Prithaja Mamikam Sharanam Be surrendered to me. Hmm? Forgo the Dharma. Surrender to me. So Shraddha and Sharanagati, they go together. Sharanagati is kind of the visible evidence of Shraddha. So there's a measure to our Sharanagati, and that's how we measure our faith. Again, it's a tangible thing. Before we get to the planets of faith, right here in this planet of doubt, how much one is animated in bhakti, in sadhana bhakti, instead of frozen, a fence-sitter, and I'm a fence-sitter, waiting for everybody else to do everything. Hmm? You see something needs to be done, and you think, hope somebody does that. Whatever. i got to go chant. <laughs> you know, you know, he's fully identified, hmm? fully absorbed the sadhaka day. This is what Nara is talking about here. He says, I saw, he says, I saw means I experienced this, push up. Hmm? Um, Pashe Mai Brahmani Kalpitam Pare. This verse is cited in the Jiva Gosani Pritasandarban section describing Staibhava, the very end of the uh, there. Staibhava Prakarana of Pritasandarva. The Staibhava is again the dominant emotion that 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 guides guides my life. I'm a I'm the friend of Krishna, I'm the lover of Krishna, Krishna's my son, and so on. Um so again, he, he uses this verse in relation to Rati, as Vishwanath Chakritatha has, and, and, and the last part of the previous verse as well. Hmm. And so he's, he, he, he says that what? He says that and my taste developed, uh, and I, I saw the material coverings, mental and physical. I saw them in a different way. I saw them in relation to their origin. I was no longer absorbed in them, I was absorbed in their origin. Hmm? And they then were fully engaged only in the service. So I, I, this is, he's speaking about liberation here that is affected at the stage of Bhava Bhakti. Hmm? And he's saying, my body, my sadhaka day, the psychic dimension and the physical dimension, hmm, was fully absorbed in the Absolute. And it means, practically, I carried the water pot for Krishna, I cooked for Krishna, I did the, the sages, Vaishnava Seva, all of my outgoing senses and my internal senses, minds, they were all fully engaged. This is Atma Samatana. This is now the, the Diksha is complete. Sharanagati is in place in the stage of Ruchi and Shreya Kairabha Chandrika Bhattana. Moonbeams are coming from the other side. Hmm. The object of love comes into the division in Asakti, and there's a whole world that comes before the sadhaka to step into. It's, and it's just saying, step in, step in here. Hmm. And his mind is drawn naturally, hmm, without any effort. It's being drawn automatically, he's going in that direction. Ruchibhis Chittamasrina. 
the bhakti vritti has come on his mind. His body is now Chidananda. It's only being used in Krishna's service. What happened to the Parabdha? It's long now. This is gone. Parabdha karma is gone. Hmm? Krishna is holding that body in place. Parabdha is what holds the body together. Parabdha karma, the manifest karma. Hmm? Therefore, when the jnani, his Parabdha karma is expired in the stage of Jiva Mukta, then he dies. Goes to the, goes to Brahman. Hmm? But the devotee doesn't. Therefore, Mahaprabhu said, I have many things I want to do through your body. Hmm? And at least, I want you to enter into my Leela. And there are some procedures for that. Hmm? It's not just about getting liberated. Therefore, Moksha Lakshatla, Moksha Lagharu, Moksha Lagharuta. Moksha Lagharuta. This we heard the other day. This is one of the characteristics of Baba Bhakti. It makes liberation seem insignificant. I'm liberated. Okay. Bhakti Siddhanta used to say, Bhajan is performed on the canvas of Bhagavad It means realization, on the platform of realization. Advaigyantattva. You understood yourself, Advaigyantattva, to be one with God. You're no longer mixed up with identification with matter. You understood, I'm a unit of consciousness. Bhagavan is consciousness. I'm, I'm Bhagavan in that sense. Like a, you have to be fired to enter the fire. Now, in that context, to enter my Leela. Hmm? In particular, if you want to enter into the Braj Leela, there's a whole system then. So the body is preserved by Krishna. Hmm? You might, you know, you think for outreach, for preaching and so forth, yeah, possibly Sanatana obviously was used for that, but also for the bhajan, hmm? for the for the steps that are now required to get. You got your passport now. You, you know, we're saying your visa has been approved. Come and get it. Hmm? So there's still some effort. There's still some sadhana. Therefore, it's described as a mature stage of sadhana, although it's really the graduation from sadhana bhakti now bhava bhakti. Hmm? What is that verse? Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu? Kriti, Kriti, Krita Sadhyat, Babet Sadhya, Bhava Sadhanadi, Samanadi, Nitya Siddhasya Bhavasya. When the senses are fully engaged in Bhakti, then one attains Bhava, which is Nitya Siddha, eternally existing, Nitya Siddha Krishna Prem, Sadhyaka Bonari, Sabanadi Sutta Chitti. Same thing in Bengali to the pen of Krishna as Kaviraj. So he says here, it's my body, my mind, now they're no longer in touch with matter. They're in touch with their source. And they're controlled by that source, and I'm witnessing that. So as Mahaprabhu said, Fully surrendered means ruchi, asakti, one enters into Baba Bhakti. Now, you're doing your bhakti, but as you say, it's fully informed by realized knowledge of, of who you are and what is your relationship with Krishna, which you're cultivating. There's a cultivation of that. you got to find your parents, you got to there, you got to find your, your friends and companions, and so on and so forth. Your address. This, this is all uh, through the, in the context of Nam. Hmm? Even mantra retires at that point. And through Nam, Krishna Charan, Sangsara Mochan can come by Krishna Mantra. And by Krishna Nam. Therefore we find, for example, Gopakumar, what did he do? He did Nam Kirtan and Smaranam. And this by this he entered into the Leela never to return. So Here now is described this uh, idea of, as I said the other day, the iron rod entering into the fire. The body, this is what it means, the body becomes chitananda more. It means it's fully absorbed. It's it's moving, only breathing, thinking only for Bhagwan. It's always in touch with sense objects only for the purpose of Brahman. 
he's transcended the the Jiva Goswami says the the, the the Vyasti perspective. He got the Samasti perspective. He's not in a local provincial sense of self. He sees himself in relation to Brahma. So this is how it happens in Bhakti. So the Lord preserves the body of the sadaka in the stage of Bhava. And then there's this practice up to praying. And when he gets praying, still there's more practice. Therefore he takes birth in the Leela, wherever Krishna's performing his Leela. And then this Staibhava that is developed, then it is it, it is developed to its full potential in terms of pran, uh, sneha, man, pranai, rag, anurag, mahabhav. These are all developments of the stayibhav. And stayibhav means like, again, I'm the friend of Krishna, Krishna's my son. Hmm? So if you study Rupa Goswami, you study Chaitanya Charitamrita, where all this is encapsulated through the writing of Krishna's Kaviraj, and you find these explanations there. Hmm? To what, how, to what stage this this stayibhav will develop in sakiras? What stage it will develop in the priyanarma sakir, or in gopi bhav, and so forth? And all that development, this takes place in prakat lila, manifest lila, where Krishna descends and performs his lila, in the association of the the perfected um, associates of Krishna, who are ragatmika, who the rag is inborn. Hmm? So all those developments, that takes place in that stage. This is called, all called Swarupsiddhi. Hmm? Swarupsiddha. Um, then from there, Vastasiddhi. Hmm? When the Leela terminates here, comes to a close, and you can go with them. Hmm? So, high topic, Snart is giving it in a, in a, in a, in a context to tell him the story. Any question? A question um, hmm. from this morning's reading from from uh, Ravidakti, um, the commentator mentioned that the guru is giving uh, the perfected spiritual body at the time of initiation. When I first read that in the book, I kind of thought of your explanation previously about because you've mentioned before when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu met uh, Sanatana Goswami at Puri. He quoted that verse, Dikshakale, Atmasamarpan. Mm-hmm. So, Diksha is not like a, an event in time. It's, it, it takes some time to ripen and fully mm-hmm. complete itself. So, I kind of, in my own mind, kind of thought generously, maybe, or differently about the way he presented that. That maybe, since we're talking about Baba Bhakti and the realization of Krishna and your own Stai Bhav coming from the Diksha, mm-hmm. I kind of thought, well, maybe that's. Yeah, there's a difference there, because I know the author's uh, tradition. And, um, and first of all, what Mahavira was talking about is this in the, in the Sanatana Goswami is the Sadaka Deha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's not talking about the Siddha Deha, although the Sadaka Deha becomes like a Siddha Deha. We find Rupa Goswami's Sadaka Deha has its appearance in eternal Gorlila, like a young Brahmin boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we take, let's take Prabhupada's Sadaka Deha. That's his practitioner's body that he appeared before us in. Well, we have that on the altar. We worship that. So there's some, as you see, it takes an internal uh, space, in a sense. He has another body that he engages in, in Krishna Leela in. Hmm? Typically, that's called the Siddha Deha. The other is called the Sadaka Deha. But the Sadaka Deha, Mahaprabhu is saying, becomes perfected. And the extent to which the sadhaka day becomes perfected by being taken over by Bhava is the extent to which the siddha will manifest internally for Krishna Leela. So what he was talking about, the commentator, Nantadas, Pandit, in uh, his commentary on Madhuri was the, the practice of giving a siddha at the time of initiation. Hmm? Um, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur in his Raghavartha Chandrika says that sometimes, he doesn't say at the time of initiation, but he says sometimes the Guru will will tell the Sadhaka, please 
Siddhadena. Sometimes he'll get it from a Siksha Guru, or sometimes the other alternative is through the inner context of Sadhana that will come. I mean, that's for sure, <laughs> of its own. This is how Bhaktisiddhanta Sarsitthakur um, emphasized as a practice. So is that... Yeah, I don't... Your generosity is appreciated, but that's not <laughs> what he was talking about. He's talking about the practice, a common practice of amongst many Goya Vaishnavas of saying, and so you're such and such Gopi. It's not that necessarily a bad thing, but it can be abused. It has been abused tremendously. And um, so that's a problem. Dr. Siddhartha considered his, his uh, emphasis to be a, a, a correction to that, if, if you will. There's a story of how some devotees in Navadvip had taken initiation from Jagannath Das Babaji. And so others said, oh, so what was your, what was your story? Something like that. Do we didn't tell us anything about that. What do you tell you? He told us to worship Tulsi and chant Harinam. And so they said, oh, wondering if he even got him, if they even got initiation. And I think the story goes they went to went to Bhakti, you know, and they had some doubts or something like that. And they said, Oh, they're very good, you know. Just, yeah. <laughs> it would all come from that, something like that. And people make a trade out of it, you know. They make a business out of it. Unfortunately, that's certainly a very un unbecoming. It doesn't necessarily have to be that. It could be otherwise. But after all, I mean, you have to think about it practically. These, these are, we see there are developmental stages and so forth. At what point will one even become really interested? Only in a very general sense, when they say, yes, I want to be a gopi. When you understand all of that needs and so forth, people get think, no, no, I want to be a gopi. <laughs> it's hard to be a gopi. You know? and, uh, and so on and so forth. So... And if you have given, said in your swoop, is this? Or, I mean, you're really kind of giving pearls, you know, to someone who might become a swine even still. <laughs> Let them develop a little bit, something like that. Let them get, in Bhaktivinoda where it talks about in Harinam Chitamani, as Ruchi comes, then the disciple starts to have a particular affinity. Then he approaches the guru, it says, for confirmation and so forth. Hmm? This is in the stage of Ruchi when these desires come for attaining a relationship, particular relationship with the Lord and so forth. So, Ruchi is very high. This is Shuddha Bhakti. When you say the proverbial pure devotee, hmm. that is Ruchi. That's in Sadhana Bhakti. He's pure devotee. Bhagavad Bhakti Tapri Vek, he says, this, when one attains Ruchi, then he has become a Shuddha Bhakta hmm. in the full sense of the term. Because what? He doesn't want anything else. He has no desire for anything else. He only wants unalloyed bhakti. He only wants bhakti, ahaitiki. He doesn't want anything else. Hmm? This is still this upper end of sadhana bhakti. So when people say, hey, raganuga sadhana, raganuga sadhana bhakti, it's not just in for bhava, not for jataratis, ajataratis also, who don't have rati. They also do raganuga sadhana. Hmm? You say yes. It really takes, has meaning at the stage of Ruchi. How do you change that? Hmm? Come back then. Hmm? Talk to me about it then. Hmm? Of course, even before that, we or we should orient ourselves towards that. We want to enter Vrindavan. That may also be Ajatarati, Ajataruchi. You have to factor in Vaidhi Bhakti, as we talked the other night. What else? Any other question? Yes. Simple, basic question, something we've been doing for years and years, and I've never heard it explained. We say, Gaur Premanandi Haribo. Just wondering, what does that mean? What's the connection? <laughs> I guess it means Gaur Premanandi. Hmm. It's kind of like uh, literally, say how do you mean that? Is it going to go? 
chant chant the name of Gore and and Premanand full Gore full of Prem. Say say go go Premanandi Hari so that's the answer. Someone says, Gore Premanandi, and then everyone says, Hari So, yeah, so it's, it's, it's sing the name of Hari. Be filled with Prem, the Prem of Gore. Hari chant the name of Hari. <laughs> and that's the way, something like that. It's kind of a glorifying the Prem of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and then Hari Yes, we'll do it. We'll get it. And this is the way, something like that. Did Prabhupada do that? I'm just wondering... Did you say Gorpramandi? Yeah, I'm trying to remember, like, is that something that happened in ISKCON, or... I think so, I do think so. Or was so. it previous, or do other groups do that? Other groups also do that, it's pretty common, but it's all over ISKCON, too. I'm pretty sure Prabhupada, you can find Prabhupada saying it, too. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't... That's something I picked up in my post-ISKCON days. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Gantara Srimad Bhagavatam Kijaya Gaur Premanande Haribo!